Welcome to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour, a podcast about marketing, technology, and life. This is episode number 28, Rethink Your Marketing Strategy Process with Jason Osborne, and it starts right now. Digital Marketing Happy Hour is brought to you by Araxum, your resource for marketing and technology. For more information, visit araxum.com. That's A-R-A-X-A-M.com. Well, this is a happy hour, and of course, what happy hour is complete without a few beverages. Chris, what are you drinking? You know, this episode got me in the mood for a cider, so I went with a Stella Cider today. What about you, Ryan? You know, I'm staying in the uh, the European uh, mood itself. Recently uh, brought some um, Ho Garden, you know, a little Belgian white. So that is what I am, uh, I'm drinking during this happy hour. Excellent. Well, we have our beverages in hand, so let's get started. He's Ryan Smith. I'm Chris Casale. Thank you for joining us this week on Digital Marketing Happy Hour. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're a repeat listener, thank you. And if you continue to find value in this podcast, please Leave us a review on Apple, on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. By now, you know that marketing is a passion of ours, and we really think you're going to enjoy this episode. Our goal is to help your business achieve results so you can reach your goals. In this episode, our special guest is Jason Osborne, and he's going to share how the Rethink formula helps you tailor your marketing to a specific niche to get better results. So without any further hesitation, Ryan, let's bring him in. So we're very excited to have today's guest, Jason Osborne. He is the head of coaching for Rethink Academy, and he's a leader in digital marketing strategies to help solopreneurs all the way up to SMBs and enterprise level businesses grow and scale their business online. So we'd like to formally welcome Jason all the way from Leeds, England, by the way of Ireland and Houston, Texas to Digital Marketing Happy Hour. Welcome, Jason. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Chris. Wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. And when we kick off a happy hour, we always like to start with a beverage. So is there any specific go-to beverage when, when you're in the pub and you're at happy hour that you kind of go gravitate to? Do you know, I, I like cider. That's my go-to. So pretty much any type of cider. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I like it. I like it. Well, again, welcome to the show. When we first get started here, you know, we talk about the head of coaching at Rethink Academy. Can you give our audience just a little bit of your background and tell us a little bit more about Rethink Academy? Yeah, sure, of course. So as you said, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, moved to Ireland about 15 years ago, and I've always been quite entrepreneurial, had my first business when I was 20 years old. So that was just in my blood to do. I just love business. But when I moved to Ireland, obviously it's a, a new culture, new landscape, all of that sort of thing. So I got a job because I just wanted to find my feet in the country. Um, I recently got married to an Irish woman uh, at the time. Well, she's still Irish, but we're not together anymore. And um, 
So we, I moved to Ireland and I was, I, I've always been really fascinated with personal development. I have always been quite an introvert type of person, but I've always known that I've wanted to help people. And I knew that I needed to understand not only myself better, but other people better and how to communicate with them. So from an early age, kind of 15, I really dove deep into personal development and, you know, 15, 13, 15 years ago, Online marketing was extremely new. I mean, as an industry, it's still really, really new, but particularly back then. And so I thought, well, I wonder if I can put these two together and I can kind of go into the personal development space and start something online and just have fun. You know, just it, like I said, I love I love business. So I thought, well, let's just give it a go. Let's have fun, see what happens. So that's what I did. I trained as a life coach and I started marketing myself online had no clue what I was doing. I just liked the process of it, um, but studied a lot. I was just every day in it, just learning something new. And uh, kind of fast forward 18 months, I'd built up an email list of around 9,000 people. I was coaching people in 13 countries, all that sort of thing. And um, I'd gotten to know some some kind of big names in the online marketing industry. And they said, they were like, they said, well, Jason, you should start teaching people, showing people how to do this. I was like, do what? And they're like, market yourself online. I was like, my, I don't even know what I'm doing, you know? And they're like, no, like you, you built up a great business and you know, you need to start teaching people this stuff. There's a hungry market out there for it. So I took their advice and that was about 11 years ago. And so in one way or another, uh, off and on for the last 11 years, I've been coaching and helping people online market themselves through social media and things. So, which kind of brings us up to today. So how did you get involved with Rethink Academy? And then I guess more specifically, what is the Rethink Academy? Yeah, cool. So um, so the Rethink Academy uh, was started up by Paul O'Mahony, or the actual way you say it, the Irish way is O'Mahony, but um, start, got started up by Paul. And I've known Paul for a long time. I actually met him in Ireland. We were both uh, doing online marketing and uh, I met him when he was just starting off. I was, he was completely broke, but he's built up a fantastic business over the last 11 years. And um, so what we do now, I'm the head of coaching with, with Rethink and, and I work with Paul and what we do with the different programs. So we have kind of an entry level program where thousands of people come through every single year. And then a percentage of those, several hundred of those every single year also uh, kind of upgrade, if you will, into our VIP membership, um, which is very high level. Uh, there's coaching, mentoring involved, all of that. And we work with clients to help them either start a business online or how to uh, scale kind of their quote unquote brick and mortars type of business. So, you know, they can been in business for 30 years or whatever, and just showing them how to utilize social platforms to, to build their businesses and generate leads. So, you know, at Rethink Academy, we're, we're, we've been branching out over the last couple of years. And obviously a staple of what we do is online, you know, online marketing, social media, all of that. But we are having different branches where we've got like a kid's financial education, part of the business, time management business, um, health. So we're, we're, we're doing kind of the whole rethink different niches or niches wherever in the world you have, however you say that word. So we, we, you know, you kind of think of dummies, the dummies guide, we're kind of doing like a rethink element of that. So we're, we're expanding out quite a lot, but yeah, it, it started with the whole online media portion of it. So that's, that's Rethink Academy. And we, we help people all over the world. We've got clients all over the world. And it's amazing to see their progress in uh, working with us. So. 
And I'm with you. Yeah, the uh, it, it's uh, it's niches or niches, depending on you're right where you're at. But they have a saying, you know, right? The riches are in the niches, right? So yeah. niching down and and getting narrowing down. I think a lot of people have problem with that because it's so hard. You feel like you're leaving, you know, areas off the table when you, you when you you niche down. But for your the, the rethink formula, is that something that is very niche specific? Yeah, it can it can be applied to multiple kind of niches, but. As you said, Ryan, it's really important that people do niche down into what they're doing. And and I like what you said. People are afraid of that. They're really concerned about niching down. And it's one of the things that we chat through with our clients all the time. I'm constantly having these conversations because being able to niche down is really important. One of the... so. Rethink uh, for the social media, each letter stands for something. And the first two, it's R, which is uh, your right niche, and then E, which is evaluating your avatar. And it's important that you're able to do both of those, getting really clear on that. Because if you don't, what happens is you fall into what I call a commodity market, where you're just lumping yourself into a group of other people that do similar sorts of stuff to you, and you end up competing on price. You know, it can any it be a you know personal trainer, life coach, you could be an accountant, you know, a solicitor, or whatever. Niching down and getting really clear on who your target market is. What's the outcome? that you're able to help them to achieve. Being really clear on that's important. As soon as you start going really broad, we always tell people, if you try to speak to everybody, you'll end up speaking to nobody. So, and and, it, it, and it's kind of cliche, but it's so true. So um, I'll just, I know you guys like really personal kind of examples and stuff. So if you're happy to, I'm happy to just walk through some of that and give you some, some examples Absolutely. of some of our clients. Yeah. So um, one example that I like a lot, just because we all know, where we can find this type of person is a personal trainer. Okay. We all know where to go. The gym. They're just standing around, right? <laughs> They're just standing there. Can I help you or whatever? And a personal trainer, what when you ask a personal trainer what they do, we all know what they do and what they're going to say to us. We can help you lose weight. We can help you get fit. We can help you build muscle. It's going to be be one of those type of things, okay? They're really busy at the beginning of the year because of all the New Year resolutions, and then they're not busy after two weeks because everyone just stops, you know? But if you're looking how to position yourself where you're not just competing on price, because if you go to a personal trainer, you know what they do. You're going to ask how much they charge. You're going to go to another personal trainer, ask how much they charge. And you're probably either going to pick the cheapest or just above the cheapest because you don't want to be the person that pays the cheapest, right? So you're going to pick one of those right at the bottom. But as a personal trainer and for any business, no matter what industry you're in, I don't want to compete on price. Okay, I want to compete based on the value that I can provide to a client and the results I'm able to produce for them. I want to be, I want to be paid for my value, not just am I the cheapest. So one of the things that that you, we can do for like a personal trainer is get really specific on who their who their our avatar, their their niche, their ideal prospect is, the outcome that they're able to to help them with. And we usually say, put like a time frame or methodology. So if we were to reframe that and say, I help athletes to achieve peak performance in 90 days, that's very different than someone saying, I'm a personal trainer. And the outcome of it's very different as well. Because if you're saying you work with athletes, athletes have a different mindset than the person in January with the new year's resolution. They're already working out. They probably already keeping track of some of their micros and all that sort of stuff or macros, whatever it is that they track, right? 
So you're dealing with a higher caliber type of client anyway. You have a specific outcome, peak performance, and you're doing it in a time frame, 90 days, if that's possible. I'm not a personal trainer, but just as an example. So that all of a sudden flips it on, on its head. And you're not just a commodity personal trainer. You're dealing with people that are willing to pay you on the outcome. And most of them are willing to pay a lot more as long as they can get that outcome. So it's a big difference. So I love the example that you just gave there. And you hit on, it's so interesting. Ryan likes to say on this podcast uh, very often from his travels that, you know, across the world, cultures may be different, but the problems are the same. And to hear you, you know, talk about this, it's it's interesting. And I know you're, uh, you know, a global organization. It's interesting because when you talk about narrowing your niches and understanding who your audience is and understanding sort of where that audience lives, works, and plays, and how you can better reach them, that's something that we have centered this podcast on in terms of if you can't start there, if you can't understand where you are exactly to your point, then you wind up competing on price. And people that compete on price just compete to the lowest price to drive each other out of business because there's no real markets there. So I, I guess my question for you would be, what is the advice for, for a business that's starting out? Some of them know their customers really well and others think they know their customers. How do you help them determine who their ideal customer avatar is or who that audience persona is? Yeah, that's a great question, Chris. So uh, let me give you an example of one of our clients. Um, he's an, an IFA, which is an independent financial advisor. I think I've been gone from the States so long, I can't even remember what they're called in the States anymore, but a financial advisor. And um, when he came to us, he uh, that's what how he was positioned, is what he had, was positioned on LinkedIn. I'm a financial, I'm an independent financial advisor. Done, right? That's okay. So one of the things that I said to him, this is what I work with a process through a lot of my clients with is I said, okay, imagine you're in your office or now in our home office. Okay. Imagine you're in your office and you're, and you've got two prospects. Okay. Prospect A and prospect B. Your first prospect comes and sits down and they say, Hey, Chris, I want, I want you to help me with these two things. Now you're professional. You're smiling on the outside. You can help them. You're qualified to do it, but on the inside, you're like, God, I hate doing this type of work. It just drains me. I don't get any enjoyment or satisfaction from it. Um, it may or may not pay well, but particularly if it doesn't pay well, you're like, God, I don't even get paid good for this for this service I'm providing, right? You don't want to focus on that type of client because you're going to hate what you do, right? But if you have prospect B come sit down and they say, hey, Chris, can you help me out with these two things? Now you're not just smiling on the end, on the outside, but on the inside, you're going, man, I love this stuff. Like if I had these clients every single day, I would, I'd be a happy man. Right. And as soon as I said that, he said pensions. And I was like, pensions, not the answer I was looking for. Cause they don't seem really exciting to me. Right. He's like, no pensions. I was like, okay, cool. Why, why pensions? He goes, he goes, man, I love working with people with pensions that have a high net worth because I have a way of being able to restructure their pensions where they can retire up to 10 years early. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? And he's like, yeah. I was like, why are you marketing yourself as an IFA? Like as soon as you put yourself in as an as a financial advisor, people just, oh yeah, I know what you do. But if you position yourself where I help high net individuals to retire up to 10 years early by restructuring their pensions, that's a game changer. And that's exactly what we did. Repositioned what he did. Uh, in six weeks, he generated an additional 30,000 pounds of business just because he'd restructured and repositioned 
what he was doing, who his target market was. It brought him his ideal prospects. He earned a lot of money off commissions doing um, pensions and stuff like that. So that's what I that's what I always advise people is look at that sort of thing. What is it that you're really good at that you love doing that you know you can get results from people? And what type of people that do you work with that get those best types of results? Okay. So he could work with anyone to restructure their pensions, but the best results and people he loves to work with is the high, high net earners or high net worth people. So that's, that's what I say to my clients. And I think that's so important to, to what you talked about. And you see this with your example of, you know, with uh, the personal trainer and financial advisor, what that summary is, it's really, it's a brand statement. And And I think it doesn't matter how big or small your company is. Everybody has a brand statement, even as yourself, you have a brand statement about what you do. You know, you might be a cog in a, a bigger wheel, but you still have an identity. And one thing I noticed on LinkedIn, probably 90, maybe 85.7% of the people, they have their headline in LinkedIn of what their position is. But what your position is, is not necessarily what you do. And that summary, you know, like just saying a personal trainer. Well, the personal trainer, like, yeah, I know what you do. You know, you take my money and I'm going to pay for a membership that I'm never going to attend. You know, basically that could also be, you know, what a perception. But I think the brand statement of how they help people in 90 days or the financial advisor that you just mentioned, I think that's a big thing that everybody can use. And I automatically go to LinkedIn. Like that should be your headline in LinkedIn about you. You know, a lot of times people just think it it's for their business and it goes on the about us page. But in reality, this is, uh, you know, again, something that that you use that differentiates yourself from just a personal trainer or a financial advisor. So I I just want to kind of go back to that because I think that really is important. And it's one of the fundamentals that people just overlook and they just go right to trying to get a sale, but they don't realize that you have to have that sort of identity. And, you know, it's sort of the elevator pitch in words in a way. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's that elevator pitch headline, you know, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, although we do a lot of stuff with Rethink, you know, I, my my speciality and focus is on LinkedIn. So yeah, I, I see this stuff all the time on LinkedIn. And I always tell people, no matter what platform you're on, let's just be really honest. No one really cares about you. <laughs> you know, They want to know how you're going to help them. What's that result that you can help them with? And, and if you focus and change what you do so that your uh, message is focused on the results you're able to help your, pros- your ideal prospects achieve, they're going to be much more likely to at least be inquisitive of what you do and want to know more about what you do. But yeah, as soon as you put, you know, I'm a CEO or a life coach or an executive coach, whatever, people just make, you know, assumptions based on their experiences or what they've heard from other people. And it doesn't, it doesn't work. The the, the flip side of that is when you're trying to tell people you do everything, you know, which I see this all the time, uh, particularly on LinkedIn, just because you have the, the headline section on there, you know, people say, you know, I'm a life coach, business coach, strategist, hypnotherapist, and dog groomer. It's like, what, what do you do? You know, it's like so broad. And and you you referenced it earlier, Ryan, you know, people get, they're afraid to niche down. But I've found that the only people that are actually afraid to niche down are those that don't have a consistent flow of leads in business. 
Because if you have a consistent flow of leads in business, you're not worried about that hypothetical random person that may wait, that may want that one thing that you trained on 20 years ago. You know, you're not trying to just throw out this massive net to catch everybody. You're, you get really focused because you know, that's your sweet spot. That's your speciality. That's where you're really going to have the most impact. And you're not desperate for any type of business because you're just trying to make it. Talk about leads and just to follow up with that. How important is it for people to build their own email address list from, from leads? I, I think it's really important. So on different platforms, you can you obviously you can generate leads directly from different platforms. The problem with only relying on that and not building up a database of some sort, whether it's an email list through an autoresponder like ConvertKit or Aweber or whatever, or having something where you're able to, you know, it could be even old school where it's like an Excel spreadsheet or whatever. But if you're not, if you don't have a way to be able to collect that information, if that, if that um, platform shuts down or if they just change the way that you are communicating with people, your, your lead generation source is gone. So, I mean, I've, I've heard, heard uh, from people before where they've got Facebook groups and they, they'll have thousands of people in their Facebook group. That's where they communicate. That's where they build kind of their rapport and relationship and all of that. It's where they put all of their links to their programs and everything. And then for whatever reason, out of the blue, and I've even heard people, they just they get shut down. And when they actually follow up with Facebook, Facebook's like, oh yeah, no, that's just a mistake. We'll reinstate you. It's like, really my entire business can be shut down based on a mistake from, from Facebook. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not willing to put my, uh, my eggs all in one basket, basket as the saying goes. So yeah, it's really important to make sure that you've got something where you're not just relying on one particular uh, platform, whatever that might be. What is the process you used in developing? You mentioned developing a, a list of 9,000 leads. And you know you talked about the importance of, of picking those clients that really sort of energize you. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. I had somebody that is a trusted friend of mine say to me one time, if you make decisions based on money, you always end up being miserable at it. When you're, you're faced with a decision, if you look at it and go, take the money out of the equation. Is this a decision that makes me really, really happy and excited, or is it something that fills me with dread? And often you find that you know money can cross a, a, both of those spectrums. Uh, but if you do the things that really fill you with energy and joy, you you will be more fulfilled within the process. So you know, to your point about finding those uh, ideal clients so that you don't have to worry about. I mean, at the end of the day, we all need money, right? We all need to put food on the table. But to your point of, you know, working with sort of the clients that, that energize you and not having to worry about those fringe ones that, yeah, you can do, but that's not really where your passion is. What is the process that you use to sort of build up that list? It doesn't start as 9,000 on day one, right? It's, it's a trickle effect over time. But what's that leaping off point? And then how do you gain momentum to, to expand that list? Yeah, we'll just go through the rest of the, the rethink model then. So what we do is once we get in, um, so right niche, evaluate your avatar, then it's it's going into targeting the right traffic. So making sure that you're targeting your ideal prospects on the platforms where they are. So if you're very focused on business to business, LinkedIn is a, a great platform for that. If you're more business to consumer, you know, Facebook or Instagram might be really good for that. So understanding where your target market's kind of hanging out and you want to get in front of them. And then once you're targeting them, you want to help them for free. And this is, you know, 
if, if you've been around for marketing for any length of time, you've probably heard of this concept. It's not new, but it works. And it's it's helping people free. And it could be an ebook. It could be a video training. It could be anything, really. But it's that lead magnet that you're giving away that people put in. They get for free, but they put their name and email address in there. And it works. Some people go, oh, it doesn't work anymore. It, 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 it works. It still works. And so you, you're building that up. And the thing about it is you always want to lead with value. And I totally agree with you, Chris. You know, going in and just looking at how do I make the most amount of money? Look, you go into business. Most of us go into business to be profitable with it. Obviously, do, you know, enjoy what we're doing, but be profitable. But leading with value and showing people how you can help them is so important. And so whether it's the content you're putting out on social media, the lead magnets that you're giving away, you're wanting to make sure that you want to ha- show, give people a taster. You know, why, why would someone come back for more? Why would someone want to continue to work with you? Why would someone want to give you their money? You know, and if you don't give them, uh, if your lead magnet doesn't really give value or it's really put together poorly, where it's like, oh, I can tell there was no thought put into this. Well, then that's going to reflect when you actually offer them something that they're going to pay for. Like, well, the free thing wasn't even any good. So that's a reflection of your paid for stuff too. So help for free. And then we always say, you know, as soon as you get people putting their, their name and email address, they, they press the submit button, move to the I, which is the immediate upsell. And so we always say to people, you know, on that thank you page, let them know, hey, Thanks for putting in your name and email address, your free gifts on its way. But if you want some immediate help with something, here's something else that we can offer for you. That could be an affiliate link. It'd be a product of your own. But people are are in what we call a yes state at that. So whether you've interrupted what they're doing and they've seen an ad or a post or whatever, and they go, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yes, I want that. Go to the landing page. Yeah, okay, still want that. Put in their name and email address, submit press the submit button. That's a yes. It's it's constant yeses. And so when they get to that thank you page, they're in that yes state of I want more information. And so the likelihood of them uh, taking an immediate action to actually purchase something is much higher than if it, they wait, whether it's 30 minutes or a month before they open that email <laughs> that you've sent to them from the lead magnet, where that yes state's kind of died down or may have even disappeared all altogether. So you know, that's kind of the process that we go through in terms of that to help people. And then we, the end is nurture your list or continue to add value to your list, build that rapport. You know, why would people keep coming back to you? Let them know that, keep adding value to them. And then the last thing is know your numbers. K, got to know your numbers. Uh, If you don't know your numbers, what your conversion rates are, all that sort of stuff, you don't know what to improve to improve upon. You don't know if changes you've made in any of your marketing is working or not working. So it's really important that you know your numbers, but that's, that's a real quick overview, but hopefully that answers your, your question originally, Chris. I kind of want to go back a little bit to what you were talking about giving your content away for free. And I think that is something that is pretty widely known. I think where some people have it, it's, it's the line, when do I keep doing it? And when do I go to the, to the, the sale? And we had Jay bear on uh, a little while ago and, you know, he said this for years now, but he reiterated on the show saying that, you know, make your marketing so useful that people would pay for it. And I think that goes to uh, aligns exactly with what you're saying. Now, 2020, 
no one saw this coming, right? Everything <laughs> changed. You know, we got got into this warp speed of digital transformation. Whether you wanted to or not, you're here. How did this change your business? And and did the the, the rethink formula adjust or, or pivot as well? We didn't really need to adjust much because the uh, I think you said earlier, Chris um, Ryan said no matter where in the world you are, you know you may culture may be different, but the way that you communicate and market it kind of stays the same. I think I paraphrase that. Our problems poorly. are the, our problems <laughs> are the same. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's it's kind of the same with online marketing. You know, it doesn't matter uh, necessarily whether we're you know in a bull or bear market or whatever. Adding value is never going to change. Okay, people want to know. If I can, if I work with this person, are they going to add value to me? And they put their name and email address, or they followed you, or liked you, or whatever, for some reason. And it's usually because they've seen something of value that that you've given, even if it's just a post. They're like, "Yeah, I like that. That's cool." You want to continue to add and that value more and more to people. So for us, that hasn't really changed so much. Now we, you know, we were doing a lot of speaking events and that sort of thing as well. Obviously that's changed. We've just done more online events uh, because you couldn't do anything in person uh, pretty much this entire year. But, you know, as far as kind of pivoting the the nature of what we do, no, there's hasn't been a lot of change. Um, but I know for a lot of people, this year has been a massive change because they may have been doing a little bit of online marketing or they've put it on a long finger and said, oh yeah, we'll get to that at some point. But you know, the way that we're doing with our offline marketing is working great. And then all of a sudden this year happened and people are like, yeah, what about that online marketing thing? You know? So there's been a massive increase in online marketing. I know even within uh, LinkedIn, just as an example for one platform, because it's very focused on B2B. uh, I saw the other day, there was like a 2,300% increase in their traffic. Um, over the last six months. So yeah, it it's definitely increasing, but you got to always add value. So the process stays the same, but does the clientele shift? And part of the reason I ask, you know, it's interesting, historically during recessions, businesses cut the marketing budget first. And it's been shown that that's probably the worst decision you could make. If anything, you should be pouring more into your marketing budget during a recession so that you can keep that line of business coming. But you know, in the middle of a global pandemic, what are we, eight months in? Feels like forever at this point. Different businesses, different, you know, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, small businesses are being hit differently. Food and beverage uh, has been really, really decimated by this. Um, health and wellness. Are you seeing a shift in the type of clients you're working with during this space because of the, the impacts that it's had on them? We haven't seen so much a shift in terms of the type of clients we're working with. It's more a shift in now that we've been in this for a while, depending on which country that the client is from and all of that, there can be a shift in terms of kind of fear around kind of where they are. I know for, I think this is correct. So we, we have quite a few clients in South Africa and in South Africa, I don't think they had any like furlough schemes or anything like that. And so if people weren't working because they couldn't go into their work, they just weren't getting paid. And so, you know, a lot of people are in a, in kind of, you know, financial distress and, you know, that can be a real challenging point for people. In terms of, you know, businesses, the, yeah, there, there are certain industries, you know, particularly travel 
you can't really sell much for travel right now, no matter how good of a product or service you had. So, you know, that sort of thing, you know, how to pivot around what you're doing with that has, you know, some companies have had to pivot and some have done it really well. And then some people just haven't, and they, they're like, no, we're just going to ride this out. And maybe that that's a good decision for them, but other people, you know, they've actually gone out of business for that as well. So um, it's, it's been interesting to see that the whole process of it, but in terms of, you know, the type of people working with, I mean, we're still, we still got loads and loads of people wanting to work with us. Yes. Companies, they cut their marketing budgets, but they're still, you know, thousands upon thousands, probably even millions of businesses out there that are still, they still know, look, we got a market. And I think most businesses, in my opinion around this, I think a lot of businesses, they cut their marketing span because they don't actually know their their ROI on their marketing. You know, I mean, if you understood it and you knew, okay, for every um, pound or dollar that you put into your marketing, you're getting one or two back, you wouldn't stop your marketing. <laughs> So I think it just comes down to, you know, again, that last thing that we have in the rethink uh, method, which is know your numbers. If if you don't know your marketing numbers, yeah, you are going to cut it because it looks like it's pure expense. Now, I'm glad that you brought up uh, South Africa. So just so you know, Pretoria, big shout out to them and Johannesburg. They are growing immensely of listeners of this podcast. So it's great that you uh, kind of peppered in that uh, that example. When we're talking about the biggest challenges, obviously 2020, there's a pandemic. There is sort of a shift. It's It was a, a huge shift depending on what your kind of your business is. If you're in sort of a digital marketing where you've always been online, it's actually been opportunity you know, and more opportunity for those who didn't pull back and kept going, kind of what we talked about. In your experience, what are some of the challenges you're running into or the biggest challenges that you're coming up against with your current clients? So the biggest challenges that that we're kind of seeing around things is if people have a an industry that has been massively affected by this. So for instance, uh, one of our clients, they started back in have to try to get all the months. They're all running together this year. They started uh, back in February, kind of March time, and they they were wanting to uh, start up a Facebook ad agency and really learn that whole skill of running ads and stuff. And it's one of the things we do is, is if people want to do that, we show them how to do all that. He's a travel agent and he knows loads of travel agents. And he's like, this is a great niche for me to go in, understand this, run ads for people in the travel industry and all that. We're like, great, that's fantastic. Well, six weeks later, that was no longer fantastic anymore, you know? So, you know, he pivoted his entire business, um, looked at different industries that can really thrive uh, in the times right now uh, to be able to market to. And, you know, he, he still did really, really good, started earning full-time living, all that kind of stuff within, a, you know, two months. But that's kind of the biggest challenge right now is, do you know, it's interesting. It, I say it's the biggest challenge, but in reality, it, it's not. It's just, it's it's forcing people to uh, hone their skills of finding their niche even better. Because we we always look at it and say, okay, who has the biggest pain? And who has the ability to pay? Those are the two P's that we always look at. Who has a, a pain problem, okay, that, uh, that you're a solution that you can provide to that pain or problem, and who has the money to pay for that? So if you're able to get really focused on, okay, well, who has big pain points and challenges right now? And there's loads of them, you know, it, whether it's businesses, whether it's individuals, there's still tons of people out there that have the money that are willing to pay to, for a solution. 
And, you know, I mean, it could be a new pair of shoes all the way up to, you know, buying a, a, a million pounds piece of machinery, you know, everyone has it, but it's getting really focused on that. So it, it's funny. I think these types of things, I always like to look at these challenges, whether it's challenges in the economy or whether it's challenges in a platform update, which can wreak havoc on businesses as soon as a platform changes, the algorithm changes, whatever. I always like to look at these as a real positive thing. And the reason why is this, as soon as these massive changes take place, where you have to rethink, repivot what you do, how you do it, if you're willing to do that, you're more likely to succeed everyone else just leaves. So all of a sudden your market share opens up because those are like, nah, forget this. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to learn, you know, the new way I need to do this on Facebook ads because it's just a pain. I'm not even going to bother with it. Great. It's more business for me, you know? So I think, I think those that are willing to really dive into that, understand it, look at that. I, I love even what you guys do with your podcast here and it's marketing happy hour, dive in deep. Let's look at marketing what's going on and what changes can we do? It's those type of people that survive in, in these times, in, in my personal opinion. Sometimes I think the pivot or the rethink too has to start with taking that big step back and looking at what you have and what you're capable of, not just who your existing clientele is and how do you you know, pivot within that swim lane. There was a story that Ryan and I shared on the podcast several months old at this point of a pizzeria in Chicago that, you know, they did what most restaurants did, which is they pivoted to sort of, you know, delivery and, and takeout where appropriate, but that was only 10% of their business and, and no business can survive on 10% of their revenue stream, right? And so they thought really big, like, all right, well, what do we have? We have these pizza ovens. And essentially, to make a very long story much shorter, they found that the ovens can heat acrylic to the same temperature that would be needed to make plastic face shields. So and times when they weren't making pizza, they started making face shields and they started making those available to healthcare workers and whatnot. So it was a total different direction in terms of you know what the business was capable of. But at the same time, I've got this, I'm able to solve, you know, these people are in pain, they're willing to pay for the product to the points that you made earlier, this is something I can I can help solve for. Are there any stories like that, or even maybe outside of the pandemic, just in general of individuals or co companies that you've worked with over time that just really resonate with you? They're, they're a very personal story for you, because you've seen them accomplish so much. And, you know, sometimes you take those moments where you step back and think, you know, even if I only had a small piece in helping that, I, I love that. And it's so awesome to see. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I love that story about those pizza ovens. That that's like, I, I'm gonna have to take that and say I heard this from from a podcast because <laughs> that's that's just amazing, man. That that's exactly it's it's taking that step back, looking at that bigger picture. I, I couldn't have said it better. That that's a phenomenal story. So in terms of of just businesses, just that we really love to help. I guess everyone in rethinks a little bit different on the types of businesses because everyone kind of different businesses mean different things and all that sort of thing. For me, I think uh, I'll, I'll give a couple. One, one of them, um, there's a guy that, that I work with and he's a, a he's really well known uh, to help people with Instagram and he wasn't doing anything on, on LinkedIn and really going in and helping 
him to market on LinkedIn was was a really cool thing for me to be able to help uh, and coach him and mentor him on. Um, about a third of his revenue now is coming through LinkedIn, which is pretty cool. But being able to help people transition from one platform that they know really, really well and not not know another platform, I, I always love that because it it's adding in those elements of being able to help people market and scale and and do all of that, uh, which which is pretty cool. There, there's another uh, client of ours that that I. I didn't work with them personally, but one of our coaches did. And um, they they work with women who have been in kind of domestic abuse situations. And they're doing really well. Like they're doing over six figures a year now. You know, it, it's one of those things. It's like, well, should you profit off someone that's been in a situation like that? But the reality is, you know, it's not, she's not ripping people off, which is, there's a big difference between those two things, but you know, it's, it's people, it's showing people and, and helping them how to move past that point of fear or oppression or whatever it is that they may have been in. And, you know, those type of life giving businesses that we work with, um, uh, you know, th- those are probably the most um, fun I think for us, because yeah, it's cool helping, helping a company or showing people how to market or sell a widget or whatever. Right. I mean, that's cool. I I love hearing success stories. I I get a, it's probably one of the biggest buzzes I get, you know, whenever I hear client success stories, but those ones that we work with where it's a, a, a really individual impact that they're making in their business. And we've helped them to be able to grow that and scale that. Uh, to me, that's like, I, I just don't even have words for it, you know, because even though, you know, we're, we're, I'm not going in or, you know, us as rethink, we're not going in and doing that mentoring with these women and stuff. We're not doing that, but we had a part to play in that. And those are the coolest ones, man. I just love those ones. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that answers your question, but that's, that's, those are the ones I love, man. If there was one takeaway you'd like our listeners to gain from this interview, what would that be? The one takeaway is stand out, stand out. Don't be normal. Don't be a commodity. What makes you different? Different, and how can you stand out and add more value than your competition? If you can stand out, you'll do really well. That's a great takeaway. Thank you, Jason. This has been fun. This is a happy hour, though, and we like to have a little bit of fun, even though we spend most of the show talking about shop. Uh, one of the things we like to wrap up with is what we call our Keep It Light segment, which is basically what are you binge watching or reading these days that you'd be willing to share with the audience? Okay, uh, binge watching. Um, we are binge watching Below Deck. <laughs> I don't know if you even heard of it, um, but we just can't get enough of it. We're just binge watching that one. Uh, it, it's quite a car crash TV, but we just can't keep our eyes off of it. But on a, on a more kind of upbeat level, um, I just got done watch, uh, reading it. Or it was actually on Audible, um, a book called a, a, a More Brilliant Question, I think is the name of the book. And it's a fantastic book. There's, you read it and you kind of go, oh yeah, I know, I know that stuff, but actually just listening to the stories. Mm-hmm. It's just how to ask those more brilliant questions about your business or your life to be able to get better answers and move forward. And, and I just, 
definitely, definitely recommend that book to everybody. So that's, that's what I'm binge watching and what I've most recent recently read last week. So, by the way, I think that's our second uh, guest who mentioned Below Deck. As really? That, yes, it is. I it, think it was actually Jay Bear that mentioned it. I think it was the too. Same thing that you said, Jason, <laughs> which is just, it takes nothing away from me. Like I can put it on, it's completely mindless. And sometimes at the end of the day, that's exactly what I need. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm glad I'm not the only one then. You definitely are not. Uh, well, Jason, thank you so much for joining us uh, on Digital Marketing Happy Hour. If our listeners want to learn more about you or rethink Academy, how do they find you? Yeah, cool. So if you go to rethinkgift.com, put your name and email address in, you get uh, the free uh, first four chapters of the Rethink Social Media book that uh, book that Paul wrote. Um, so that's rethinkgift.com. And if you want to connect with me, you can just go to LinkedIn, look for Jason Osborne, and I'm there. You can connect with me there. So, All right, Jason, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh man, my pleasure. Thanks guys. So that was a fun interview, Ryan. What'd you think of that? You know, I loved Jason. I thought he brought so much value and, you know, it's really interesting. The rethink formula, he kind of broke down the acronym and it's a lot of the same things you've heard in previous episodes. Some of it maybe has been scattered through different episodes that we've really focused on. So, you know, to come up with that rethink formula and, you know, with the prime example of it really is all about understanding your audience, niching down, providing value and education, you know, to them. And then, of course, you want to you know, nurture that list and and obviously know your numbers at the end of it. So I kind of liked how he made it sort of concise with what we've talked about through several different episodes. So if you're new to our, uh, you know, podcast, and this is your first episode you're listening to, I, I thought it was a really good, you know, how we talked about, you know, marketing strategy. For me, I really love the way he talked about a lot of the things that have been central themes to Digital Marketing Happy Hour and the way that Rethink acronym or that formula fits so well with stuff that we've talked about in terms of knowing your audience, making sure that you've identified them, making sure that you're targeting them, you know, where they live, work and play. And then, you know, the way he closed it out with knowing your numbers, which is something we talk about so much on the show in terms of analytics and understanding what your conversion rates are and knowing those numbers are, are so important. And I think one of the other things that made that so enjoyable was his energy. You know, you never quite know when you get a guest on the show, what level of energy they're going to bring, how much passion they're going to have for the material. And I really thought Jason and brought it today. So that ended up being a lot of fun, but very informative as well. So that will wrap this week's episode of Digital Marketing Happy Hour. But of course, no episode is complete without the Keeping It Light segment. Ryan, what are you binge watching or reading this week? Yeah, so my uh, my Keep It Light, and, and now that the uh, the USA elections are finally winding down, one of the things to, to sort of lighten the mood, we went on Amazon Prime, watched the, uh, the new Borat movie, Borat subsequent movie film. And it was... Um, if you like Borat, you're going to love this. It played right into it. If you're not a big fan of Borat, you're going to absolutely hate it. And it to me, it just had a mixture of where is that line? Oh, it's right here because we're going to go steamroll right by it. And it, it had so many like cringeworthy uh, aspects of it. We, we literally you just you got uncomfortable and clearly that's when, you know, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen wins. If you feel uncomfortable in these moments, other parts of it were so stupid. I mean, it was just so dumb. But it kind of made up for it when you got to those cringe-worthy parts and when they just pushed it over the line. So that is uh, what I, uh, you know, was definitely keeping it light. <laughs> what are you watching or listening to, Chris? That is definitely one way to keep it light for sure. <laughs> um, I actually went a different direction. I Netflix recommended The Queen's Gambit and uh, it kept coming up every time I turned it on. And so finally I caved and I was like, what the hell? I'll watch an episode. And I got hooked, man. I, uh, I grew up 
I learned how to play chess. My dad taught me when I was a kid and I just never had the patience to be any good at it, but I've always had a lot of respect for the game. And, uh, it's a series based on a book. It's all fiction, but there's a lot of truth woven into it. And the story is very compelling. It's just a really, really well done series. I'd, I'd highly recommend it to anybody that's interested. I have heard nothing but rave reviews about that. And I, I saw the trailer for it. And it looked really good. And then all of a sudden recently, I just heard a whole bunch of reviews that people just absolutely love it. So now that you have recommended, I'm going to have to check that out. Well, we want to hear from you. Is there something that you absolutely loved? Is there something you disagreed with? Please let us know. Your feedback uh, means a lot to us. We've already heard a lot of great things through social media and email from you. So please keep it coming. If you want to send us an email, please email us podcast at araxam.com. Again, podcast at A-R-A-X-A-M.com. Also hit us up on social media. You've already done a great job with that. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram. The handle there is Ryan Smith FLA or on LinkedIn. The easiest probably way is to find Chris and I on LinkedIn is type in Araxam, A-R-A-X-A-M on LinkedIn. You'll find both of us or just type in Ryan Smith Marketing in the search bar on LinkedIn. You should find me. You can also search Digital Marketing Happy Hour to find Ryan and I on LinkedIn. And of course, uh, Chris Casale works for me as well. I'm on Twitter. My handle is RealChrisCasale. That's R-E-A-L-C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-A-L-E. And if you haven't done so yet, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast. We sincerely hope it will enlighten your day. After all, it is our mom's favorite podcast. And in keeping with the theme... We hope it's Jason's mom's favorite podcast, too. (laughs) And on that note, Chris, and thanks, Jason, for being part of it. We hope you enjoy this episode and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. This week's episode is brought to you by Araxum.com, your digital resource for marketing and technology. Visit Araxum at A-R-A-X-A-M dot com. The music intro you heard is called Pure Adrenaline by Eddie off the album Too Damn Loud. You can learn more at CactusSlimRecords.com. The music used for closing credits is a song called In My Pocket by Jazzer. You can find it on their album Message. Learn more at BetterWithMusic.com. Thank you for listening.